Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. How to create a digital marketing strategy. It's very important because most projects fail, most companies can't get organic reach according to HRFs. 91% of all companies can't do it because of so generic strategies, because they just analyze their competitors and don't provide something new, don't try to spend more time to create the right strategy. That's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jay Saunders. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we chatted a little bit about this day. It's Friday. Uh, probably you can listen this episode in another day, but we have this positive mindset. But anyway, I wish anyone to love each moment, each day, because I remember in school, I hated Monday right now. I love Monday as well. I love all days, but I know that Friday, uh, you know, I have special feeling because of this day. Okay, EJ, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about digital marketing strategy. Yeah, so my name is EJ. I've been in the digital marketing space since around 2008. So I'm cresting on the 15-year mark. Um, I kind of started in with SEO, uh, actually. So SEO and web development is kind of my the basis of, of what I did. Um, yeah, I own Blaze Digital Solutions. We serve the outdoor community mainly uh, with digital marketing, and we're kind of just the bolt-on marketing team. So creating the strategy is really like the first component of, of what we do and how we kind of operate. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. You know, it's interesting. I started my uh, online journey in digital marketing in 2008 as well. But at that time, I didn't know what digital marketing means because I started my project and I was looking for ways uh, how to get sales, how to get traffic. And I didn't know anything about that. Uh, and um, in you know, I found the best way how you can uh, go ahead, you need to do yourself something. It doesn't mean that you need to be an expert because I failed many times to hire some specialists without understanding what they do. I think it doesn't work. And I usually even tell my clients, you need to understand SEO because I get much better results with someone who understands SEO. If they understand, we can cooperate like a cohesive team. But if you think that ACOs are magicians can uh, have some secrets, no, we have no any secrets. We just uh, do something better than competitors can do and we can go ahead like a cohesive team. And uh, Jay, tell uh, about digital marketing strategy. I'm interested uh, how to create the right one because digital marketing is huge. We have many different directions, ACO, paid marketing, social media, referrals, I don't know, webinars, a, a lot, a lot. So can you tell how to find the right channel and create the right strategy? Yeah, so it all kind of starts, we have to start at the, the very ground floor, right? We have to look at like, what's the end goal first? So what does your offer look like? What are, you know, what is the end, the purpose of the traffic to begin with, right? Um, so if we have, so for, we'll just say like an e-commerce company, they have some kind of widget that they're trying to sell cool well let's kind of start with the end in mind here what 
do we need to do to be able to get the sale? We have to have a compelling message, right? So we have to develop that core message for that. Like, why are people going to want to buy it in the first place? So we develop that transformation, you know, the piece of communication that kind of explains the transformation from before to after, the before state to the after state. That's going to be the first real component to, to develop because at the end of the day, like traffic is traffic. You're going to be able to drive traffic from Facebook, from Google, from TikTok, from, you know, anywhere. Right. Uh, but having the right message is going to be probably the most important thing and explaining that transformation from before to the after state is going to be where the bulk and the, the basis of all the strategy is going to be. So once we have that, that end goal and we have that communication piece, then it just is backwards planning from there. So we take, okay, well, what do we need to do to get people to buy it? Well, in the process, we probably want to have people subscribe to stuff, right? So we want to be able to have a way to be able to at least grab their contact information so we can follow up with them. So it's like, okay, well, what do we need to offer again? That's going to directly relate to our core offer, but is a little piece just to get their contact information. Right. And then the next step before that is like, how do we get people to engage? Well, this is where SEO actually comes in huge because then we can start providing content and, and value way before we actually present an offer to them. So we can kind of build that trust and authority uh, before we even ask for anything. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay. Let's talk about how to choose the right keywords. You know, it's interesting. Uh, once I spoke with a master who lost, uh, 400,000 traffic a month, it's a lot, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic, but this traffic didn't sell his products. So uh, it's, uh, you know, and I see it's a big issue when webmasters see some keywords with high volume and they think, wow, I want to get this traffic. Like, I don't know, let's imagine SEO uh, in the first stage, it's hard. It's really hard to get these keywords because you need to compete with Moss, Ahrefs, uh, Neil Patel, many other great, uh, well-known brands. In the second, it doesn't mean that you can sell by having these keywords because if you sell SEO services, why you need to have SEO in the top 10? So you can just get traffic that didn't convert. Uh, can you tell how to choose the right keywords? Because it's a big issue when people open keyword research tools and don't understand how to choose the right keywords that will provide sales, not traffic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the my favorite ways to that is actually to use Google AdWords because then we can run traffic against all sorts of stuff. But the big thing is understanding keywords that are intent based versus, you know, so it's like, where are they at in their path? Is this a purchase-based keyword? Is this an, you know, an intent-based keywords on the researching for a purchase? You know, all of those things. So I actually have a client that he, he wanted to uh, rank for uh, backpacking. And, you know, he sells some stuff that does relate to backpacking. Um, but in that word, I was like, this doesn't, it's not only an extremely competitive keyword, so we're, it's going to take us years and years to probably get there in the first place. Um, and that's not what people are going to be buying off of. Right. And so, but what we did is we kind of cultivated, first off, we were like, okay, we need to build a content strategy that's going to lead people to a purchase. Right. So what do we need to do? We need to look at what questions people are asking. This is one of the best ways. I love this. And I know it's like, elementary to a lot of people, but like literally going to like uh, 
answerthepublic.com, Quora, uh, you know, also asked.com. Those are like my three favorite ones to just get to see what people are even talking about to begin with. And then you can take those keywords, you can create a basic piece of content around that, um, and then start driving paid traffic to that blog, right? And then you have call to actions throughout that blog. And that is a fantastic way to test if that's going to convert because people will go to that blog, they'll read it. And if they, if we have a conversion rate based off of that blog, um, that's going to be a phenomenal way for us to build further into that content library and to start really driving backlinks to that page specifically for that to rank. I've used this strategy for years. Um, and, and from my experience, we have, I've seen tremendous success um, with clients with getting you know, purchases off of their blog posts, which a lot of people think that that's, you know, blogs are just for brochure type stuff. And that's false. I don't look at it like that. I want to build content that's going to bring value that's going to lead to a purchase. And that's how I go about doing it. And it's been really effective. I mean, when we have blog posts that are converting between three to like seven, eight percent, that's has to tell you something, you know, and when you start getting free organic traffic to that page, um, that's even better because then it's it's like, wow, we're you know, we're expanding. And and to answering those questions, you're likely going to start ranking for a plethora of different keywords, not just the one main keyword. Um, and that's also something to like pay attention to all the tertiary and secondary keywords that you're going to build by just providing good, valuable, actionable content for people. Um that's based around questions, inquiry of people who are actively going into Google and searching for that specific question. If you can provide value that way, they're going to trust you a lot more to make a purchase anyways. So it really is just about building authority with your content and providing the next step, right? A logical sequence to provide the next step. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, you mentioned a lot of uh, trust, authority, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I usually count how many times you can tell some words, but I lost my track. Anyway, <laughs> I'm interested about this parameter EEAT, expertise, experience, authority, trust. Uh, can you tell how it's important to optimize with this parameter? Uh, we have no special score, even uh, keyword difficulty. Yeah, uh, Google uh, denies. Uh, this metric, but uh, SEOs check out keyword difficulty. Uh, I usually uh, consider this parameter because I know some SEO uh, can ignore it. That's okay. It works for them. But I usually consider, for example, if I have two keywords, my resources are limited to promote uh, or create content for different pages. I choose pages that have less keyword difficulty because I know the chance to get results is much higher. But anyway, I agree. It's just estimation. Sometimes uh, you can get uh, ranking positions with high keyword difficulty. I don't know why, uh, but probably content is better. But I'm interested about EEAT. Uh, you mentioned about getting trust, authority. Uh, can you tell how to measure uh, EEAT uh, from specific website and how to improve this parameter? So uh, domain authority is kind of the, would be a, a way to track that, right? This is a way that SEMrush and like even Google to some degree has like a domain authority score from zero to hundred. And that really is kind of the, the true measure for that. But the, the amount of content, the amount of times you're actually posting on the site, but the amount of backlinks 
that you get, the amount of high authority backlinks that you get um, that are achieved through organic means. You know, so for example, like this podcast, you know, you put a link over to my website, you know, from this post or from this blog, um, that is going to give me a backlink. It's going to give me some kind of increase in authority. Um, it, I like to explain to clients where, um, you know, in the United States, we have election cycles every couple of years. Um, and what's the one thing that every politician tries to do? They try to get endorsements from other people. Mm -hmm. And that's basically just saying like, you know, hey, I'm an authority in this for this specific group of people. And I I'm going to endorse this candidate for Congress or for president or for whatever. And so that's going to then excite and cultivate those people to be like, oh, OK, they're going to have now a perceived authority over to that politician because of that one backlink, so to speak, right to it. And so I feel like that's like one of the best ways to kind of imagine like how all that works. But really is like you need to get the most highest, the highest quality votes for your site, for your content. So but you got to be putting great content out there to begin with, um, you know, and the the way that you uh, write your content is also a way that it it affects your domain authority. Um, it's not just like putting blabber on the site. And it's not all just about bringing backlinks, although backlinks is a big part of it. It's about how in depth do you go? Like how authoritative is the content, you know, at its core? So when you go and answer a question, for example, and you give a 2000 word explanation that goes into all different types of things, that's a very in-depth thing. And you're going to start using keyword. You're going to start using regular verbiage and, and words that are synonym, you know, synonymous to other things. And you're going to be able to start using a lot of like industry specific terms uh, in certain, certain circumstances. And that builds that authority just at the core of the content. And then when you start bringing backlinks and things like that, that's going to increase that domain authority, which is going to rank you higher. And, you know, the higher you rank in Google is that's Google's way of saying this is high authority content. So it, it automatically when people see that they're going to trust it a lot more than than mm -hmm. it. it was just like a subconscious thing that just mm -hmm. happens. So yeah, nice. Uh, you know, I want to ask more about authority. Uh, you know, uh, we use press releases. We uh, send uh, these press releases each week, you know, and uh, sometimes we got real authoritative websites. Like uh, uh, in the previous week, we got uh, placement on New York Times. Yeah, it, it's a good placement. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. Hrefs uh, or more SEMrush uh, don't see this backlink because uh it's no follow and it's uh, hidden uh, on this subscription base so you need to pay for subscription then you can uh, find this backlink what do you think google considers such backlinks because i see people pay so much attention to the follow links that bring real weight but forbes wikipedia many other websites uh have no follow links they don't share this way what do you think about uh such backlinks um google still sees it <laughs> and <laughs> i promise you they do follow those links but they might not use it as an indexing measure um but there's a difference too about some of these backlinks there's so there's two different types right so we have like our, our 
our follow where it's like, this is a, you know, like, we're going to go hundred um, percent. And then there's the no follow, but those can be treated much like citations. Mm -hmm. uh, citations are just basically just mentions on the site or about your name, about whatever. So, so long as that link is keyword themed, how you want it to uh, appear. So if it's a no follow link, I would probably put it as a brand, put your brand name, make sure the anchor text is, is your brand name so that you get the proper citation for that. Um, but they do follow that. There's, mm -hmm. I mean, you can look at, that's what Google uh, alerts is all about, right? Anytime you're a certain keyword or something is mentioned, it can send you an alert. So that is like proof that yes, that stuff does get followed, but we just have to treat it on how it is. So it may not be a full backlink or count that way, so to speak in a ranking algorithm, but you want to make sure that the citation is there because the more times just the citations happen, you're going to have authority. Uh, the more times your name is out there, more time people are seeing that it's, it's going to build authority. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's not even about no follow or do follow. It means that you can get link from New York Times and this resource has a loyal audience, big audience, and you can get relevant traffic. It's not only about ranking in Google, it's more about traffic. So if you can get traffic from this backlink, why not? <laughs> That's good, you know, yeah. to have it. Okay, let's get back uh, to uh, content strategy. Um, I'm interested about uh, how you choose priorities. For example, uh, you made keyword research, have a bunch of keywords, as many others can do. They usually choose like uh, hundred keywords, thousand keywords, uh, group them. Uh, but anyway, uh, most uh, companies have limited resources. Uh, for example, for my personal website, uh, you know, I try to cooperate with a few freelancers. Uh, some of them can publish on search engine journal, many other websites. But I decided to stop this cooperation uh, because, you know, I, I can feel that this content was written like by heart, you know, uh, with passion, uh, probably uh, because of money. Uh, I don't know many other things, but uh, anyway, uh, companies have limited resources. I have two hands, so I usually write myself, uh, uh, but I have a bunch of keywords, topics that I want to share with my audience. So I usually choose priorities. I understand I can't write about everything, but Brian Dean doesn't write about anything. He can submit one post uh, a month uh, when he had backlinkers today. I don't know about exposing topics. Anyway, can you tell how to choose the right priorities if you have a huge list of keywords and you need to know what kind of keywords you can take in the first month, second and uh, so on? Yeah, so there's a couple of different factors that we like to uh, you know, put in the, the pool, so to speak. And the one, the first factor is going to be um, the uh, uh, keyword difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second one is going to be intent-based. So we want to try to rank for things that are not super difficult in the beginning. So if you think of like SEO is kind of like a pyramid, right? So we have the most difficult keywords at the top, and then we have all the other keywords that kind of laying down. So in, from the top down, your difficulty level is going to decrease um, further and further and further. So we want to try to build that solid base uh, to begin with. So we want to go after keywords that are not very difficult to rank for and that are have somewhat of a uh, intent base. This is where questions actually come into play. And I've talked a lot about like 
you know, doing questions, building content around people's questions and stuff. But that really is like a solid, it's such a solid strategy um, to, to build good organic traffic from the very beginning. Um, you know, and so, and then from there, then we start driving paid traffic to some of those even bottom level keywords to see what's going to really convert. And then the ones that convert are the ones we're going to really hammer on. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about uh, creating uh, helpful pages or, for example, uh, not for traffic. For example, yeah, okay, if I write blog posts, I'm going to get traffic. But sometimes I want to earn backlinks, you know, that's okay. You know, when you write a study uh, to acquire backlinks, uh, some pages like about us, uh, many others don't bring traffic, but you need to have them because customers are looking for learning them and it can help with EA. EAT as well. So can you tell uh, how it's important or uh, of course you can reply to this question. It depends. You can. But anyway, yeah. I want to ask about that. Uh, how to divide your strategy? Uh, for example, uh, I can write like 50% of uh, my resources lead to blog. 50% to uh, e-commerce pages uh, or like uh, 25 to e-commerce, 25 to helpful pages. Can you help my audience? Because I often get this question, how to divide it. For example, okay, 25% for case studies, 25% for uh, blog posts. Any insights about that? Um, I actually don't pay attention to any of that. I think, mm -hmm. I think your first priority needs to be providing and writing good content that people can get things out of. So mm -hmm. actionable content um right tips right about you know checklist items right about you know the top 10 ways to get xyz right the but then answering people's questions again like actionable content first we have to be providing value first to have any authority to have any thing any reason why people want to come back to read other things we have to do that so yes like the about us page you know, have some good content there, but really focus on like, what, what do I need to provide that people can take away and actually apply or change something in their life or it brings some kind of clarity, you know, what can I, what do I need to do to, to do that first? Um, I think that's the most important thing is just getting good, good content first. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's yeah. kind of, and, and then I would actually go hundred percent on that. <laughs> and then, you know, when we're talking like backlinks and press releases and like all these different things, we can kind of do that over time. Um, but I think mm -hmm. just putting out consistently, putting out good, solid content on a regular basis is probably the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, uh, a big issue that almost all my clients have almost uh, all projects have uh, to find the right copywriter you know it's interesting 10 years ago i had a team of copywriters they wrote about anything i gave them topics weight loss finance anything they wrote you know google rank well then things change many times by the way uh, after the first panda uh, many other updates and today i have now a team of copywriters google fired all of them uh, but i have team of editors who can edit uh, text uh, 
uh, I usually search online uh, and I tried to find on Upwork, uh, on LinkedIn, and I couldn't. I don't know why in many case studies people can tell you can find great writers. Probably you can, I don't know, but I couldn't. And uh, my way is to search for bloggers who write about this topic. I reach out to them. Most of them ignore me, but uh, some of them wanna get extra money. We agree good price and yeah, it works. Can you tell your way how to find a great copywriter who can uh, create something new, valuable? Because, uh, you know, it's interesting. I found that even great copywriters with uh, proven record, uh, I, I uh, cooperate with some of them, can write for Forbes, big websites, but uh, even they use AI, you know, to uh, create generic content. It's problem today. It's issue. So uh, I even found a few tools that can uh, can understand. It's AI written content or human content. So I, I usually tell them, please don't do it. Okay, I found one way. One time, it's better to uh, create something new. I'm not interested to get content, even if it's uh, great grammar. It's nothing new, you know, people don't need it. Google won't rank this because many other websites can have it. So can you tell how to find writers who can write great content? Yeah, it's it's a very, um, it is, it, is, it can be a real struggle. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've had, and I've dealt with a lot of different writers. So like in the outdoor space specifically, um, you have to be able to speak the language for people mm -hmm. to, you know, people pick up on it real quick of like, oh, this is just crap, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> or if it's really good, it's like, wow, these guys really know what they're talking about. Um, and so for me, it was because I do focus like in the outdoor space. So I have, I have started to network through different um, associations. So like the POMA Association with the Professional Outdoor Media Association um, to where I've networked with some people there. And I've networked with other PR agencies that are in the industry and they have a host of writers that that work there. And so I think one way is to really like automobiles, for example, like I'm pretty sure there's a there's an auto association, like getting involved in that community to find good people that that are writers or like to write about that kind of stuff. Um, and then editing is another big thing. So. I and I think the best content generally comes straight from the horse's mouth. So whoever owns the business, whoever owns the, uh, you know, the website or whatever, I think they are probably the best copywriter, even though they may not know it. Um, mm -hmm. And so one way that I like to actually um, actually took this from Dennis Yu, who is a phenomenal uh, digital marketer, but he he kind of talks about, uh, you know, utilizing tools, right? So he'll, he'll actually tell people to record a video and, and then take that, transcribe it, take the transcription and then put that into an AI uh, machine to then edit and restructure it into a blog post. Um, doing it that way, using tools, because editors are going to do the same thing. You know, um, but as long as you're providing that content and that and the initial part of that, like the heavy lifting, right, so that the editing can be done, I think the best way for for people to create content is just to do it themselves um, on mm -hmm. that front. But utilizing voice memos, utilizing 
video and all that kind of stuff is probably going to be uh, the best way. Cause then you just kind of tell it the way that you perceive it. And the way you perceive something is going to be different the way that I perceive something. So I'm going to be able to explain mm -hmm. it in a different way than you're going to be able to explain it, uh, which that's where the provide, that's where the value lies in a lot of situations, because you're going to say it in a way that other people are going to understand way better than if I was to say it in a similar way, but just my way, and they're not going to get it. You know what I mean? So like your unique perspective on any topic is the best way to, to really push that. Uh, but utilizing tools are like, I wouldn't be afraid of using the AI. AI is here to stay. It's been around for actually a long time. Uh, you know, Bard, Google, it's funny. I actually, so I, I got into Bard and uh, I asked Bard, like, Bard is Google's AI tool mm -hmm. that people are going to be using. So just so that like everybody is aware that Google is giving their own AI tools for people to use to create content and create all these different things, right? I just asked it like, what are the best practices for SEO according to Google? And it listed them out. It actually said backlinks are links from web. And this was one of the things that backlinks are pretty much like one of the best ways to get rank high ranking in Google. <laughs> That's yeah. paraphrasing it, but that was kind of like, I like Google is the one who actually put that up um, <clears throat> or Google's tool. Right. And so I would just kind of keep that in mind. Like these tools are here for us to use, but we have to be, the experts first so that we can guide that tool to expand or to restructure that to say it in a more clear way or a better way or add some additional things that we may not have thought of originally it's just uh it's the way that the world kind of works right now yeah you 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 unhided my secrets you know you <laughs> just uh, share all my secrets because i usually write myself and ask uh, chat gpt uh, please edit all this uh, text, uh, make it friendly, uh, simple, uh, consumable, many other things. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you write yourself and uh, edit on ChatGPT. I tested on this uh, AI detector tools. Um, they didn't see any AI written content. So yeah. I don't know how these tools work. But anyway, uh, they uh, yeah, that's a good way, you know, to edit. Uh, I edited a few texts and sent them to proofreaders to ask their estimation, opinion. And they replied to me, yeah, that's good. Uh, not bad. They use different ways, but they like the stuff. So, yeah, uh, if you want to save money with editing, why not? You can use uh, ChatGPT. And uh, I use with translation as well. So uh, I translated text to uh, to Russian and Ukrainian language because I, I know these languages and I found, yeah, that's great. High quality uh, translation. Uh, you know, I can't tell how much I can save just by translating text because I spend a lot. Right now, I don't do it. Just spend my time, you know, to translate this text because quality is good. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. you know, I think uh, I'm not against AI tools. Uh, but I'm against of overusing AI tools, yeah. you know, when people generate everything, you know, of course you need to spend time, you know, to, uh, to share something new, uh, some data, 
uh, and uh, it's better to write yourself and then uh, ask. For example, if I can't build my thoughts, I don't know, construct the sentence, I can ask, please help me, you know, uh, uh, take this mess, give me <laughs> the right sentence or paragraph. And yeah, this, this tool works well. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I have the question about things that I usually do every single day. I made a lot of mistakes in my life and uh, I keep doing them. But um, I remember when Mark Zuckerberg said about uh, taking a risk, he told uh, the biggest risk is not to take the risk. So <laughs> we need yeah. to experiment. We need to search. And uh, I think everyone starts from generic strategies. Then uh, during some time after learning, experimenting, uh, you can find what actually will work for you. So you can adapt to these challenges. Anyway, can you tell uh, or list mistakes that webmasters still do uh, by creating uh, their content strategy, uh, marketing strategy, and how to find a much better way? Yeah, I think the more that you kind of, I feel like the more you know about a topic, especially the more you kind of overanalyze it. Mm -hmm. That's like, I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of us kind of fall into is that perfectionism or it's, you know, is this going to be good enough to put out there? Um, it, or what are people going to think about me when I do put this out there? That was a big thing for me. Um, it actually stopped me from doing a lot of things, um, especially initially when I started my business. So um, was like what other people are going to think. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> uh, it's so long because especially in the beginning, like we're going to put out crappy content. Like, you know, the only way to really get better at doing something is to actually do it and to do it for an extended period of time and systematically get better and better as you do the more and more you do yeah. it. Um, you know, it's like, how do you get better at push-ups? Well, you do more push-ups. <laughs> how do I get better at running? Well, you get better, like you just do more running, get more miles yeah. under your belt, right? Um, it's the same thing with SEO or content creation. Like you just have to consistently be putting stuff out there. I think Russell Brunson was one that said it really, uh, I, it really impacted me was like, you're going to suck in the beginning, but if you can commit to just consistently doing it and consistently putting your voice out there and like saying stuff and just risking it right like it really is like like this conversation like i i might be completely wrong at a lot of these different things but i'm still putting it out there because i'm still developing my voice and my message and the things that i how i perceive it and to being able to effectively communicate that is probably one of the most uh you know epic skills so to speak that anybody can have but the only way to get better at it is to just continue to do it and to keep doing it and to get better and better. Um, and so that's probably the biggest mistake is people don't do it long enough um, and or they, they're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, I think it's called impatience. Now, when people yeah. want to get overnight success, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I have no idea how to do it. You know, because yeah. we always, we always build high expectations. If I start something new, I can imagine, wow, a million dollars are coming. I can do it. Oh, com com competitors suck. You know, I can make much better. Then pitfalls are coming. 
many errors are coming and you understand no it takes time but you need to be patient to go ahead and you remind me mr beast once uh he uh shared on interview how he learned youtube he told uh he spent like 10 hours a day watching videos he didn't watch for the sake of knowing how algorithms work he doesn't know how this work uh but he watched for the sake to know what people want to get what they like what they comment why they love some videos so he was obsessed by learning why people watch videos and um i i think it's a big issue when people try to recognize uh, how google works linkedin works you know i think today it's impossible for a human being to understand how it works because it's complex mechanism even yeah. some people in google don't know how it works <laughs> they, yeah. uh, they change a lot like google did it uh, seven thousand times a lot so yeah uh, but if you care about human being if you think how to help support human then you can understand how algorithm can works because all algorithms created for a human being to satisfy their intent to help them so yeah it's simple okay actually i have the question about uh another aspect you mentioned that you started in 2008 and i found that people who work more than 10 years have uh intuition and sometimes we can make some uh decisions because of intuition not logic uh, i remember when um, I, I read about jeff bezos uh, when the research team uh, brought data about new product uh and they asked him we need more time to learn about this product and he replied no guys we don't need it we need to uh implement to do it to analyze uh, and go ahead it's enough to have this data uh and this project uh called alexa <laughs> the almost yeah. all uh, homes have this pro uh, product today can you tell about your intuition for example okay you have can consider logic but sometimes you can feel that uh, it's better to do it like this because of your experience uh, any insights about that how to use intuition not logic <laughs> yeah i think um trusting your own judgment is is something that a lot of people um kind of fall victim to a little bit is they second guess themselves uh some of the best leaders i think the best leaders in the world um are really good at just making a decision and moving forward with it to see what happens but experience and stuff comes with that like and so just an example i had a um an ad campaign running right to generate leads for my business and it wasn't working as good as i'd like so i changed the images and kind of restructured the, the campaigns a bit right and it still wasn't working but i had this feeling to Hey, let me just turn the video that I turned off. Let me just turn that back on just to see. Um, and so I did that. Why did I do that? Well, I know from experience that uh, video typically does work better than images. And especially if, if the video is structured in a way to sell and to provide that next step for people, like it generally will work a lot better than images will um, for the most part, uh, at least in my industry. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn it back on just to see what happens. What happened? Well, leads started coming in <laughs> like in a, in a bigger way. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing that I changed though, was the way that the audiences were structured. So my targeting completely changed. 
Um, and so, but providing that, you know, providing in the new structured audience, providing that video, it performed way better. And so, um, but just kind of knowing, yeah, experience and just kind of being able to be able to make, uh, when you make a decision to just do it. So you don't second guess yourself, but you understand kind of like, I don't know, so long as you understand like the basis of what you're doing and the impl implications and all that kind of stuff. I think it's just, just being able to like make a decision on it and trusting your gut, like trust your judgment, especially when it comes mm -hmm. to your stuff, your business, you're going to have the best insight. And so when, when you're creating content, when you're creating whatever, like you're, if you do it with the full intent of providing that value, you're going to typically create good stuff, at least good enough stuff to be able to get it out there, to be able to make an impact. And so I think so long as your intentions are right, you're going to, your gut, your intuition, that spirit inside you is going to be able to say, hey, you should probably try this. You know, that little sweet, small voice. Uh, some Sometimes it's guided my life in a lot of different arenas. And so um, you just got to learn to trust it. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. And I have the final question about uh, the future of SEO. Uh, you know, uh, once I got uh, a question from my client who told me, uh, we need to do something because SEO is dying. Chatbots will replace SEO. So we have no time. <laughs> I replied to him, you know, 8 billion searches a day on Google. It's a lot. Uh, I don't know what kind of future will be. Probably chat GPT and other chats will replace SEO. But anyway, it takes time. You can't change habits of 8 billion searches uh, for a moment. It takes time, years, like five, 10 years, we have this time. So uh, I think for me, it's important to start building brand, uh, you know, because branding can help in SEO, it can help anyway at any marketing channel. Uh, but what kind of prediction or forecast uh, you can feel about SEO? Uh, what kind of future will be? Um. I think SEO is going to be much of the same as it's always has been. Those who can provide the best content and the most valuable content is, and those who know how to properly promote it to get the right, good, high quality backlinks are going to win. Whether if that's AI creating the content or if it's a human being creating content, the best content will win. But those things have to like, correlate right it has to be valuable for a human being to consume and to be able to have actionable stuff against and so mm -hmm. my prediction is it will be much the same we just have additional tools to be able to make it better for us so long as we know how to do that but we have to be providing that content first and then allow the tool to then expand or edit or whatever on that front so we're still the ones providing that content and we're just allowing ai to to either expand or, or to make it better, more readable, things like that. But really the best, most valuable content is going to win. Mm -hmm. That's, nice, that's nice, my yeah. take. Yeah, I agree. You know, by the way, uh, in our SEO course, uh, we shared a lot about how to create great content, even for human being, not about search engines, because it can help. And, you know, people uh, sometimes don't understand uh, 
SEO goal. It's not only ranking on Google. SEO can teach how to create great content, how to increase your site speed, how you can get even backlinks that will bring traffic. It's not only about getting backlinks for the sake of having. We, we discussed a little bit that you can get from New York Times, Forbes, but for the sake of traffic. Yeah, you can get real traffic. So it's more important. And uh, I think uh, the future of SEO, forget about what kind of future will be. <laughs> Just create great content, consider this insights, and uh, don't try to, uh, of course, we need to optimize for search changes. Don't forget about that. But in the first human being that we usually teach on our course, and uh, we touch a little bit about EEAT, Lily Ray uh wrote a checklist on this course about ee 80 parameters like 50 parameters i recommend to anyone you know to check out uh, this checklist it's great uh you can't find the same on google i don't want to say how much i paid for that but anyway <laughs> we have it on our course that costs much less than you know than i paid for, for uh, just one uh, checklist <laughs> okay AJ, it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you uh how to follow you yeah so you can find me on linkedin uh ej saunders and then at ej saunders official on tiktok uh, Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, you can find the links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love for your valuable insights. So valuable. Guys, thanks a lot for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.